uh, came to Vineyard Church uh, a few years ago. I watched a video. It was about doing the stuff, and it was John Wimber, one of the founders of the Vineyard, um, talking about uh, following Jesus and doing the things that, that Jesus did. And I was like, man, that's what I want to, to do, and that's what I want to be about. Um, and so today I'm sharing a bit of, about some of my experiences about doing the stuff and, and trying to follow Jesus through the everyday things of life. Um, when I was a, a young boy, my dad used to sometimes let me push the lawnmower with him when he was mowing the lawns. And now that I'm a dad, uh, Ezra in particular loves to help me push the lawnmower. Uh, he's got his air defenders on, and he, sometimes his eye protection and his shoes, so he's, he's safe. But um, he, he just loves it. But I, I do the heavy pushing. And I let Ezra help me, and it takes longer, and it's not as efficient. But I love including my boy in, in those, those moments. And I wonder if doing the stuff, letting the kingdom come, following Jesus, is a bit like that. God um, does the heavy pushing. And we were pushing God's lawnmower with him, but um, he lets us be with him. And to paraphrase Bill Johnson, we can take the position of an expert and defend what we know, or we can take the position of little children and keep learning. Um, just like Ezra comes to keep learning, comes to join with his dad in mowing the lawns. I know my ego really wants to be the expert and defend what I know. Um, but I'm much happier when I'm being a little child uh, and I'm following Jesus, trying to push his lawnmower. And so today that's what I'm trying to do is be a little child, telling my friends, this is what I've seen, this is what I've, I've heard. Come and see, come and see in here as well. Another dad story. I always try to give the, the kids and my wife a, a kiss on the cheek and a, a cuddle before I go to work. Um, sometimes Ezra says to me, Dad, Dad, you didn't give me a kiss. And I said, yeah, I gave you a kiss. And Ezra goes, yeah, but I didn't feel it. So this week I, I brushed my teeth and I came and gave and about the kids a kiss on the cheek. And I said to Ezra, Ezra, did you feel that one? Ezra goes, yes, it smells like minty biscuits. <laughs> and those words really touched my heart because I wondered... What if we could experience God that close, that we could smell his breath like minty biscuits? It just caught my imagination. And I wonder if it's an invitation from God that he wants to draw that close to us, that we could smell his breath, smell the minty biscuits on his breath, or the toothpaste, as the case may be. What has that got to do with doing the stuff and seeing God's kingdom come and following Jesus and seeing miracles and, and that? I think... Seeing God's kingdom come comes from God's heart. It comes to us as we let God draw close to us, draw close in worship, um, draw close in our devotional life, in, in all parts of our life. Uh, I think God wants to draw close to us. We, we see in the Bible that Jesus often withdrew to, to solitary places to pray, and I imagine him drawing close to the Father in those times. Um, and he tells us that he did what he sees the Father doing, and I think the invitation is the same to us, to do what we see the Father doing. Some of my ex early experiences of, of doing the stuff, of trying to follow Jesus into to miraculous sort of things happened when I moved from um, Upper Hutt to Auckland. And I'd grown up in a Baptist church, and I joined a Baptist church with a very Pentecostal pastor. Uh, I went along 
to the newly started men's group. And the pastor, Matty, would, would tell us stories of praying for um, people to get healed just when he was picking up the kids from school or um, meeting people on when he was in the shopping, doing shopping. And in our small group, he showed us videos of Gary Best speaking about um, the kingdom of God coming. Gary Best is a um, vineyard pastor that, that Lloyd knows well. And he would, um, uh, Matty would teach us to listen to God for each other. So we'd have one person in the middle and we'd gather around them and put our hands on them and, and just listen to see what God was going to say. And this was all very new to me. Um, I was quite defensive. I had a lot of objections. Um, but it's amazing how sometimes when you have experiences and experience things, it changes your beliefs and what you think about. And so we'd be there praying for the person on the chair in the middle. And the deal was that if we felt like we had a thought that might be from God, we'd just we'd share it. It was like putting a rock on the table. And that rock might just be a rock or it might have gold in it. And so we, were, we tried to just be, be brave and share share the things. And sometimes it's just the first thought that comes to your head. And before you swat it away and think, oh, that was just me, you, you say it and you put it out there as long as it's respectful and appropriate. But we had some rocks. We had some things that probably weren't that, that great to say. I can remember one or two of them. Um, but there was gold in there as well. I remember some of the words that people spoke over my life at that, that time. And that was really, really cool to start learning to listen to God. At that time, I didn't feel the Holy Spirit. I didn't really know about hearing words of knowledge or prophecy for people. But that was where we just practiced and we, we learned and practiced on each other. And that, that was okay. That was the sort of permission we gave each other. Um, Maddie had a word for me one time about a violin with silver strings on it. And Maddie didn't know that I just really was into classical music at the time. Vanessa May's album was in my car. And I loved listening to violin music. And God, in his grace and love, gave me a word to say, Simon, you know, I think of you as a precious violin with silver strings on it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed getting to learn about God in that way. I was sitting in men's group one time, and I have this thought, oh, an elbow, a right elbow. I'm like, is that, is that, could that be God? Could it be God who's saying somebody want, he wants to heal somebody's elbow? I thought, hmm. Anyway, after a little bit of negotiating with myself, I said, I've just got this idea. Maybe somebody's got a, a sore elbow that needs to get healed. And there's a person who'd only been at the group one or two times, and he said, yeah, that's me. So I got nominated to pray for him, and uh, to my delight, to my surprise, the elbow got healed while we were there praying for him. And I was like, whoa, God gives people words of knowledge, and he, he heals people through that. And it was really exciting. And so last week, when we were, um, Jonathan was asking for words of knowledge, I thought, right elbow. And I was like, it's happened again. That's just, no, I was preparing my message. It was just my back of my brain. Oh, well, share it anyway. Sometimes God does things again. And, and to my surprise and delight, a couple of people came up to me and said, no, that elbow was, was me. And so we prayed, and Edmund came and prayed, prayed too. And um, one of the elbows got healed about 80%, 80% less pain, and, a, and maybe the other one, 50%, was, it was better. And I was like, God's, God's moving. He's healing people. And, and that's good news. I think when we see God move, it... it shows us, shows us good news in a very tangible way. Back to my men's group, uh, Matty, our pastor, 
was going to speak at Glen Eden Baptist and he asked us to be his ministry team and go and pray for people. And so after a, a little bit of thought, I nervously agreed. And we went over there and Maddie sort of briefed us before the service. We prayed and Maddie said, I'm going to speak. And then I think we, um, the Holy Spirit's leading me to, to invite people to give an invitation uh, on the right side of the church. Um, right would be that way for you guys. We'll have people who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or be filled again with the Holy Spirit. In the center, we'll have people who want to receive words of prophecy and words of knowledge. And on the other side, we'll have people who want physical healing. And you guys just think where the Holy Spirit wants you to go and go and pray for people. And I was thinking, oh, no, I can't do any of those things. Where is the group uh, for people who just want to pray for people to have a nice day or just to feel God? But um, Maddie didn't have one of those um, groups because Maddie wasn't a comfortable person. He was a risky uh, person, and I was learning to get on board and try and embrace that. I might have thought to myself, it's okay, this is a Baptist church, nobody will respond. But <laughs> I was wrong, this is a, a group of people who are really hungry for God, and lots of people came forward, and, and so I found myself in the centre thinking, oh, I've got to try and get words of knowledge and prophecy for people, and I don't know how to do this, and for these poor people who are coming in really wanting something from God, and what have I got to give them? And so I was in a bit of a desperate place of just praying for people, mumbling through prayers, and trying to think, God, have you got anything for them? What can you give me? What thoughts have you got? And so as I was praying, just trying to share, a few stories came to mind or thoughts. And I was really amazed at a couple of those people who were really actually quite touched and felt like God was speaking to them through, the, through, through me as, as I was praying for them. And they went away feeling encouraged and lifted up. And I think that's a really important part of this sort of type of ministry. As people go away, they feel encouraged and they feel built up. Um, they don't feel heavy or something's been put on them, but they feel like God is, is blessing them. In any situation, if that's church or praying for people on the streets or praying for your friend at work, everybody should feel encouraged when, they, when they're prayed for us. That's something that John Wimber asked us to remember. Um, where am I at? Oh yeah, my barriers had sort of come down by that stage to the to the supernatural and to God moving because I'd experienced it and seen it. And together as a, as a men's group, um, we were learning like little children. We had compassion for people and for each other. And we were trying. We were just giving things a go. And so soon after that, I, I met my wife-to-be, Annabelle, and we, well, she was coming to Urban, um, Urban Vineyard Church. So I turned up at this church and found out Things like the kingdom can come to anyone, anywhere, any place. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to be a part of that. And so we'd have ministry times at, at church every week, um, which was something that was um, fairly new to me. Um, people like John would, would pray for me, and John's here today, and it's really nice to see you. And I, so I experienced God filling up my, my heart and was able to start, um, continue learning to pray for other people too. And then I guess I sort of wanted to start seeing those things happen outside of, of church. I like, seemed to be something that could be not just in church. And the way I practiced as a primary school teacher is each morning before um, I'd get ready for my day, I'd, I'd come in, I'd try to get to school a little bit early. And I'd start at one of the kids' desks and just pray for two, two kids each day um, before school started. 
or before too many people turned up at, at school. I would nervously just try and kneel at their desks and think, God, do you have anything to say for this person today just for me to pray? Not that I was going to tell them about, tell them words of knowledge from God during the day, but just, God, do you have anything for me to pray for this person? It was my way of listening to God um, in my everyday. Uh, and one, one time I remember praying for this girl who seemed to have a lot of injuries and she used to be always falling over and needing plasters almost every day or quite regularly. And in a so maybe a more Pentecostal moment, I thought to myself, maybe she's got like a curse or an ancestral something happening. I'll cut it off. And I'd seen this happen in, in my men's group. We'd, you'd pray and you'd go like this and you'd cut it off. So I was like, Lord, I just cut off this curse and I cut off this demon in Jesus' name. And in walks the principal. <laughs> it says to me something like, oh, morning there, Simon. You're practicing your morning yoga, are you? And I'm thinking, I don't know how to respond to that, and so I just mumbled throughout, oh, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, <laughs> probably wasn't the most honest mumble that I've ever done. I thought, how do you explain to your principal that you're trying to cut off an ancestral curse so that the <laughs> child in your class doesn't have so many accidents? Anyway, um, somehow we got, we didn't really go into it anymore, and I kept my job. <laughs> he didn't think he was this weird person, he seems to work hard and be a friendly teacher, and he's doing this weird stuff. But I did notice that that girl didn't have so many accidents anymore. Was it coincidence or was it the prayer? I don't know. But it encouraged me enough to keep praying. And I think sometimes reaching out for God is weird. I think there's a line between creepy and weird. And probably sometimes I've gone too close to the creepy. But I'm trying to ask God to keep me on the right side of that. I think it's, we have to accept to a certain degree that there's going to be a little bit of weirdness in a world that doesn't accept supernatural things, that if we're going to be supernatural people, we're going to look a bit weird. I remember John Wimber saying one time, if I have to choose between my reputation and reaching out to somebody in love and compassion, I'm going to choose reaching out to somebody in love and compassion. And I think that's something that God's inviting us to ask, you know, to fill us with his compassion. Um, where am I at? Yeah, so reaching out with love and compassion and just trying something. Um, at that time, I had a friend, uh, a close family friend, who got sick with motor neuron disease, and we'd grown up with their family, and I thought, I'd really love to pray for, for Sarah, for her to be healed. Yeah, and I really want God to encounter her and to, for her to experience God, because she was quite, um, not antagonistic towards God, but... Um, that's sort of a clear line that, yeah, this is not for me. I, you can have your Christianity, but I'm quite a, I'm okay in my own, my own self. But I remember being in her lounge and asking, you know, can I, can I pray for you? I'm learning how to pray for people for healing. And she said, if you'd like to, you can, you can do that. If, if you'd like to, you can do it for you. And so I, so I did. Um, and I was just learning how to learning how to pray for people. So I said something like, um, can I just put my hand on your shoulder? Yes, you can do that. So I put my hand on her shoulder and said, um, I don't know the words, but it would have been something like, um, Jesus, thank you that you love Sarah. Uh, we welcome your healing to come. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fill, fill Sarah. Fill, um, bring your healing to her life. And it would have been a probably mumbled, confused sort of prayer. <laughs> 
And I would have told, started to tell the body what to do because that's what I was learning to do, that God had given us authority. So be healed now in Jesus' name. Uh, motor neuron disease leave now with these connections in the brain and the body that are, are breaking. Be healed in Jesus' name. Um, and then I said to her, oh, can you feel anything? Is anything happening for you? Um, she might have said, I feel a bit peaceful or something, but there was, there was nothing really. So I was learning to ask her if I can pray again. Could I pray for you again one more time? Yes, you can if you want to. Pray again for healing in the same sort of way. You know, disease leave now in Jesus' name. Did you feel anything? Um, no, not really. I was expecting her to start feeling warm or something would happen in her, in her life and she'd be having this encounter and experience with God. But she didn't really, so... I said thank you, and we moved on, and we talked about other things. So I was living in Auckland at the time, and so when I went down to Upper Hutt to visit family, I'd go and see her. I think about three times I asked, and I, I prayed for her, and I thought, surely the third time. The three is a significant number in the Bible. If I'm brave enough to pray three times, then she'll get healed. So, so I did, and she didn't get healed. And I still remember getting uh, the message from her husband that she'd passed away, um, so a few, some time later. And I, I think that was a bit of a hard thing for me. I still wanted to pray for healing and, and experience God moving. But I had to also deal with disappointment too. Um, I guess maybe a similar time, a little bit later, one of my, um, my dad's close friends, who we'd known growing up, had bowel cancer um, and couldn't get any more treatment for it. I really had this in my heart that I wanted to pray for Dave. Uh, I think I might have had a, a, a word or a, um, a dream, and I thought, I, want, I really want to pray for Dave. So I went to, back to Upper Hutt, um, fly, flew down with the intention of seeing if I could go and meet with him and, and pray for him. And my dad was okay with it too. He was like, yeah, I don't think it would be bad for my friendship with him. And so I thought, oh, well, God sort of cleared the way that I can go and pray for, for Dave, and he was willing to have me come over. Annabelle said, why don't you take someone with you? I thought, okay. So I took my brother with me and we spent about an hour just chatting and listening to, to stories and, and I asked if I could pray for him. Um, and so Reuben and I pr prayed for him. Similar sort of prayer, like, um, welcome Holy Spirit, welcome healing to, to Dave's body. Um, cancer leave now in Jesus' name. Everything that's um, broken, and Dave's body come come back, come right, um, and the, probably beating prayer, prayers like that. And I said, "Do you do you feel anything happening?" I said, like, oh, "Yeah, maybe maybe it's feeling a little bit warm." And so I said, "Well, oh, pray again. That's a good sign. That's a good sign." We prayed again. Um, do you feel anything happening? Mm, yeah, maybe it's feeling a little bit feeling feeling a bit warm. And so I talked to said, "Oh, that's a sign of God's Holy Spirit being on you." Um, and I knew that sometimes diseases can be caused by different things like unforgiveness or other stuff that's going on in your life. And so I was trying to listen out to God. Is, is there anything that you know we could say to Dave? Is there any like insight into what's causing this this disease? And that's that was from Wimber. John Wimber taught us to to listen to God as we're praying for someone. Um, and so I, he said, "No, there's nobody. I haven't." I've got a problem with, and my sister and I are good, and and so I thought, oh, that's good, and maybe, maybe we've done what we came here to do. So we kept chatting and and said, said goodbye, and I left thinking, hmm, that was pretty 
great to be able to pray for Dave. It's great that he maybe sensed God's Holy Spirit. Should I have pressed in more? Should I have prayed more for him? I didn't know. But I was glad that we'd been able to do that. Um, Dave didn't get healed either. He he passed away um, a few weeks later. And my dad spoke at his funeral, was actually able to share um, a message of Jesus at Dave's, Dave's funeral, even though Dave wasn't a Christian at all. And I think talking about disappointments like that is quite important. Like Jonathan and I were talking before, before church, it causes us to question, is God good? Or if God is good, is he, is he not powerful? Can, can he not actually heal cancer? Or, or can he kill cancer and he doesn't, doesn't want to? And we ask, why? Well, why didn't God heal Sarah? Why didn't God heal Dave? If, if God can heal cancer, you know, that would be a great sign to them that he could heal them from their sin. And um, it would be a great sign of good news. And I think we have to be able to journey disappointment, not just as people who want to be supernatural, but we have to be able to journey disappointment as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And my thought is that it's not really okay to say, oh, God, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. When actually we're not okay. No, we're feeling disappointed. We, we really need to be honest with God. Um, Ellen and Catherine Scott um, spoke about this at a conference that really uh, impacted me, and they talked about journeying disappointment, because if we don't journey disappointment, it gets between us and God, and it breaks down the trust and the intimacy that we have with God. Um, I think those moments, yeah, really make us think, is God good or not? And when we sing in the song, um, God, you're good, you're good, and you're never going to let me down, sometimes we feel let down by God. And, and I've had to be honest about that. Um, all my life you have been faithful. I thank God. All my life you've been faithful, but these circumstances, this, what I'm seeing now is not what I wanted to see. So are you faithful? It's a dangerous sort of question to to ask, a doubt to, to have. And I think in those moments, I've realized, am I serving God, or do I want God to serve me? Am I going to follow God no matter what happens, because he is God, or am I going to pray prayers to try and get him to do things that I want him to do? Because then he's not really God, I'm just trying to use God. Um... And Timothy Keller has taught me to come back to, to the cross and to think about if Jesus has died for me and rose again, and that's the greatest thing God could ever do for me. If Jesus died and rose again, then I'm safe and I'm saved. Then, and that is the most important thing. That's what I'm going to ground myself. And that is why he is always faithful. All my life you have been faithful because all my life God has saved me. You know, he's chosen me and I'm safe in his grace. That is the reason why God is so good. Jesus came and he died for us and he rose again and he has made a place for us and a new heavens and a new earth. So he is good. He really is good. And he is really faithful all the time, even if our circumstances are not good. I remember John Wimber saying that there are no magic words, there's no formulas. We're not just be like trying to manipulate God to get him to do the stuff that we want him to do. Actually, the only, the only methodology is that we rely on him. And I think about those hard moments, those disappointing moments. 
Are we going to push God away or are we going to let God climb close? Going back to that kiss on the cheek with Ezra. You know, if Ezra feels disappointed in his dad and me, will he push me away or will he let me come close and smell the minty biscuit on my, my breath again? And I think to myself, if that's like me and God, am I going to push God away or am I going to let God come close? And in the disappointing and hard times, I know I want to feel God close and I want to know that he's near me. And I guess the last um, thing I'd just like to process with us as we think about disappointment is that for my friends, Sierra and for Dave, perhaps when they said yes to me, they were actually saying yes to Jesus. A messenger of Jesus came and tried uh, with compassion to share something of Jesus' love and healing with them. And they said yes. And they might not have said yes to anyone, but they said yes to, to me. And perhaps in that way they are saying yes to Jesus, opening up their life to him in some way. Um, Gary Best taught one time and, and he said, we have to leave the results in God's hands. You know, he said, I can be up there and I can be ministering to a group of people and I'll think to myself, oh, nothing much is happening and then realise that they've had the most profound encounters with God. He says, we just can't judge. It's not our job. We have to, our job is to be obedient and, and leave the work to God. And so that's sort of what I've, the conclusion I've come to. If I ask somebody on the train if I can pray for them and they say no, I'm like, that's okay, I'll leave the results to God. At least um, something is released in that moment. Um, if God doesn't heal somebody the way I was expecting him to, then I'll leave the results to God. Um, and I think that's part of being like little children, realizing we don't understand everything. Ezra, when he mows the lawns with me, doesn't understand everything. Um, he doesn't understand why he can't do all of the lawns. No, he just does a part of it. Um, and we, we show compassion to people. We leave them feeling encouraged and blessed. And we take a deep breath and we try. I could tell you about lots of times that I didn't follow God's leading, that I felt like God had given me. And I felt guilty and, and beat myself up. And I wondered if God would ever speak to me again. But turns out he does. Um, Lloyd helped me when he talked about um, from Hebrews about um, vain acts of repentance. Um, and, and actually the best thing I can do in those moments where I feel like I've missed the mark is to say thank you, Jesus, for his salvation. Like what we talked about, I'm still saved, I'm still loved. Jesus still died and rose again. I'm, I can't change that. Um, he still loves me and the people around us. Um, but one of the things that has kept me trying through disappointment or through my own um, failings or when things have just felt tired or hard, is I, I get this thought and I wonder, is this God? Um, and the only way to find out if something is God or not is to try and to um, put it out there and see if it is God or not. Um, Jackie Pullinger wrote a, a book about her experiences um, ministering to the poor in Hong Kong. And after she wrote the book, she said, oh, the problem with writing a book is that people keep asking you to tell your story. Uh, and she said, I want people to go and have their own stories. Go out and have your own adventures. Write your own book. And that's something that's really appealed to me, that I want to go and have adventures with God um, and to, to have stories to be able to tell of God moving and Him working. So that's really all I've got to say uh, about, about that. Um, that we could 
um, see the works and words of Jesus in, in the Bible and want to, to imitate those words and works with him, that he would give us compassion and love for the people around us and that he would um, give us the courage to try. Yeah, so did you want to come up? And it feels like we've kind of had ministry time, but God might want to still move. I guess when I talk about things like... Um, Disappointment, being disappointed with God and, and processing that, it can be quite scary and uncomfortable. But I think maybe just what I've brought up might just bring up things in people's lives. And it might just be a moment for you now to say, God, yeah, there's some things I'm feeling disappointed about. Or God, yeah, there's some things that are, that are hard that I've gone through. And maybe you haven't fully processed them. You know, as you can tell, the Sarah's story and Dave's story, God's still been speaking to me about that this week. <laughs> and, and that's okay, I think. We can bring those things to him. It might be that some of you are like, yeah, I want to try. Um, I've heard some stories, and I can see that God moves in people's lives, and, yeah, I want to see this stuff and do the stuff. And maybe that's just opening your heart to God to say, yeah, I'm ready to do this stuff too. So let's just wait on him, shall we? And see what he wants to do. I just want to add a couple things, Simon. Today. Um, just, I wanted Simon to share this morning. I asked him to as part of the series we're doing on the Holy Spirit, on empowerment. And what what Simon's demonstrating for us as a people is the the heart of compassion behind this kind of ministry. Like it's not, it's not doing something to somebody, like what he's, what Simon's talking about. This is what I would love to get all through our church, this, this culture of try, this culture of, of give it a go. Not because we're trying to prove something to anybody, not because we want to prove something to God or prove something to ourselves or have power over somebody, but because, but because it's a heart of compassion, that's what moves Simon to, to to get on a plane and to and to pray for for Dave, um, it's it's this heart of compassion, um, and yeah, I just think about um, what what you've shared. Um, just wanted to honor honor you um, in front of everybody because this is this is what it's all about. You know, it's about Jesus's ministry was was fueled by compassion. It was his compassion for people that led him to reach out and to and to pray. So. So that compassion would be what flows through this church. <coughs> yeah, and it, it just makes me think about Paul's writing, you know, when he talks about in First Corinthians, you know, all apostles are, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, you know, these gifts that God's pouring out in us, um, it's sort of not about the gift, it's about the person who receives it. And then he says, you know, yet I'll show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. <clears throat> if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So, yeah, I just think maybe that's something we can also pray about too, but, yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. 
We've heard some wonderful words from, from God today, even like in the, as people were just cheering uh, in the worship, uh, and just as we felt like we were meant to pause, or I felt we were meant to pause and just listen to God and then fill us with, with his love before I spoke. And let's just go back to that. Let's go back to what God was speaking to us, either through me or through um, those words of prophecy and words of knowledge. And let's respond to God um, from, for those things. Um, Leanne was just reminding us to open our hearts to God, to have a bigger view of God. You know, if we've got a small idea of God, look into nature and to open our hearts to what God might want to be. And Vicky was talking to us about remembering, and I was teaching you, showing you some of my stories and, and what I've remembered of God. So remember God today. And Kevin was telling us to, if we, if we haven't felt God's love, let Him love us. He is the experience, the spousal love of God. We open our hearts to, and there were other words as well from God, and the, the words of, of that I mentioned beforehand about how some people might be experiencing and feeling grief right now. So just in that space, let's respond to God. Uh, and if in a couple of moments, I'm just going to ask if anybody wants to respond openly to God, that they'll just raise their hand in a moment. It may be that you want to respond very personally to God, and, and we want to make space for that, to just to be in that place of listening to, to God and listen to what he's saying to you. But one of the beautiful things about being a community is that we can gather around each other and we can bless each other. And if people are brave enough to say, yep, that was me, God was speaking to me today, then we can gather around you and we can try. We can express God's heart of compassion and his love to you as you respond to God.